Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of Inside the Winner Circle here on the Win Life Podcast with Awilda Rivera. I am super excited because I have Lena Marshall with me today. Not only is this woman an incredible uh, intellect who is quite learned in the areas and healthcare management and hospital management, but she is also an ERYT, an RYT 500, and a Yoga Alliance continuing education provider. All of those things, if you know anything about yoga, are not easy to come by. <laughs> Take a lot of time, work, and dedication. And not only is she all of those things, but the reason why I'm so excited to have her here today is because Lena is an incredible social justice activist who has used all of her lived experiences, starting from her humble beginnings in Mississippi and her experience in the healthcare world and the lack of diversity therein to inform her passion and her purpose today, which is dismantling systemic racism, uh, shining a light on systemic bias and microaggressions wherever they may lie, including in the yoga community, which requires some bravery and gumption, because despite what anyone listening might think, yogis are just also humans <laughs> who have <laughs> their own hangups and issues as well. So, Lena, thank you so much for being here. I hope that I just did a little bit of justice to all the things that you've done. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. And you did amazing. I, 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 I'm speechless and I'm normally not very speechless, but thank you so much. Well, I just want to start, right, by getting into kind of the beginnings a little bit and giving everyone some context. Now, you know, for those people listening who are maybe from larger cities or for, who are from the coast and have never been to Mississippi or have no idea what Mississippi is like, um, I can just say it is a state where they still have Sons of Confederate Veterans license plates and where people still drive around with Confederate flags on the backs of their trucks and nooses hanging out of their trucks and saying, I don't know why everyone's so mad. So, Lena, talk to me a little bit about sort of your experiences in Mississippi, because you also went to University of Mississippi and then you went to Belhaven. Yeah. Um, which are all in both in the heart of the South. You studied in a in a uh, career path in the healthcare industry, which there aren't many black and brown people in in the exactly. South or yeah. in general. Um, and that led you to seeing and finding your voice around making a career out of diversity and inclusion. So kind of walk us through that a little bit. Yeah, so I am actually from a very, very small town in South Mississippi. I mean, like, it's tiny on the map. No one ever knows where it is. Like, I have to, like, be like, I'm really close to Louisiana, and that's why people know where I am. And from there, you know, I just, you know, I went to a predominantly white high school, so, um, and about 200 people who were graduating from my class, about 10 of us were maybe Black. So, you know, that just kind of gives you a little scope on, you know, how I grew up and what I went through. And um, I was the only Black, the Black person doing this and normally the only Black person doing that. And so I was very used to, you know, being around white people and how to, you know, my parents raised me on how to behave and how to, you know, behave around them. And so I, that kind of just followed me throughout college and, you know, went to college and was making my way 
around life. And, and I ended up in, in Hawaii and I was at the time I was married and, um, I was into yoga and I was like, you know what? I just feel like I needed to share this, this gift of yoga with other people because prior to me moving to Hawaii, I was in a car accident and, um, the the doctor prescribed yoga for me to, to get better. And I was like, very hesitant at first because in, in my brain I was just like you know yoga is for white people it's not for us and there has to be another way but that there wasn't another way and so I went through that and I found that it was so good for me and I needed to be able to share this with with my community so that that's kind of what led me into teacher training and I, I went to teacher training when I went to Hawaii through um, core power yoga it's when I first was introduced to core power and um, the community in Hawaii and just simply amazing humans there I, I loved my time in Hawaii and um, the experiences that I gained and it was a lot of different people different bodies in Hawaii so it was it was kind of it was diverse for me because it was I wasn't used to seeing this this much diverse people coming from Mississippi. So then my time in Hawaii was coming to an end and then I, I had to shoot over to Atlanta. So um, I ended up at Core Power in Atlanta and I was so excited. I was so excited because I was like, Atlanta is so diverse, such a rich cultured city. I am ready to just meet all these people <laughs> and just, you know, just, oh, I was so excited to come to Atlanta. However, when I got to Atlanta and started working in the community, I was just shocked. Um, there weren't a lot of people who, who looked like me. Um, the community was very much whitewashed. The teachers that I met, the few Black teachers that I met seemed to be very unhappy in this community. And I was just like, what is going on here? Um, and I was just very confused as to, you know, why there weren't many, you know, black or brown people um, in the community around. It's like, where is where is everyone? And I, I know that there are maybe like a couple of maybe a handful of black owned studios, but looking in the core power community. Sorry, there, Lena, let me let me run you back for a second because you were breaking up there for a second. Oh no. Um, and you were talking about how you were shocked about how whitewashed it was and that there were many black teacher well there were a handful of black teachers yeah. but they all seemed dissatisfied and sort of displaced even though they were a part of the community yeah and then you started broken up and again I feel like you were saying something really important so I just wanted to have you kind of run back to where you were yeah yeah I just felt like they were um, the black teachers were just very unhappy and didn't seem like they fit in the core power community there were a handful there are a handful of you know black owned yoga studios here but just in the core power community itself right. it just it was just so it, it just seemed like it wasn't for us um, mm -hmm. and, and so I came in as, um, you know, someone who's coming from a very, very diverse city with, with a lot of different looking people to this environment. And I was just like, wow, um, it was just shocking for me and the morale and the community was just low and I didn't, I didn't understand why. And so when I came into the community, of course, you know, being the person that I am, I came in asking questions like what, <laughs> what, what is going on? What is happening? Like, why are there all the teachers? They seem so sad. Like, 
what's happening with the leadership here. And of course, you must be an air sign. <laughs> I'm actually an earth sign. Um, a, a very, I feel like I'm very grounded. I'm a Taurus, so I'm a very much like grounded person. And I always try to be, you know, be ground, be a grounded force for other people. But I just was like, I was confused. And um, how did they respond to you coming um, in at? Of course, I got a very quick label of being, um, I had an attitude or that I was an angry black woman just because I, you know, would, would stand up for, you know, what I thought, what I believed in and would stand up for the instructors. And I got that label really fast in Atlanta, like just very angry. And, you know, I had a bad attitude and I wasn't a team player, according to <laughs> Core Power. Um, but I was just asking questions, you know, just coming from a place of curiosity, just to figure out what was actually going on here. So then I took on a leadership role. Um, I was managing a, um, a core power yoga studio in, in in North Druid Hills. And so when I was speaking to my immediate, my immediate supervisor about this studio, she informed me that this studio was called the Black Hole where instructors go to die. And I was like, Ex wow. excuse me. And so, you know, most of the instructors who, most of the, the black instructors who, who taught at Core Power in Atlanta were at North Druid Hills at the studio that I was managing. So I didn't really know how to take that. I was just like, wow. Um, okay. Well, you know, I'm up for this challenge to turn this, this, this studio where instructors go to die into some light and some love. And, you know, we're going to, we're going to grow it and make it a beautiful place and space for people to practice. And um, I was there for, I was there for two years and it was, it was the, I would say the most challenging two years of my life, just having to deal with many microaggressions coming from my boss and just favoritism because I was the only black um, person in leadership and, and it was, it was hard. Um, I like to ask questions, of course. And if, if, if I'm, if someone's asking me to do something, and I don't necessarily agree with it. I always want to know the why behind it. it you know, please give me an, an explanation or, or as to why I'm doing these certain things. And, um, you know, I think it was a challenge for her because she was not used to someone challenging her, or asking her questions because most of the people on our team were her best friends or people that she hung out with quite frequently. And so I was like, or I felt like the outcast um, of the crew and you can, blatantly see the favoritism and you know just the, I, won't, I won't even call them micro just aggressions and yeah um, just straight up yeah external yeah let just, me ask you this because I want to I want to pause for a second and and kind of dig a little deeper on something to your level of comfort and because people listening might say like I mean really yogis like <laughs> everyone's so namaste and everyone's so woke and they're all you know, posting about this and that. And how could this be? Like, how could this be a thing that is happening in a community of people that are supposed to be so self-aware um, and that really are, and I'm going to throw this grenade in there, <laughs> and are practicing an art form created by brown people? How could this be? Yes. Um, you know what? It's, it's, it's been so culture appropriated. It's, it's, it's sad. And I think what people are getting confused about is that they aren't really practicing yoga. They're practicing 
the movement or the asanas or the postures because well, let's, you... <laughs> let's bold and italicize that yeah now for anyone listening that is like what do you mean i'm gonna just kind of hop on that and say yoga with a capital y asana which is the poses is just a very small part very small small part and and it's the part that gets the most shine in our western culture because yoga is supposed to be a prescriptive practice that every single individual has a different practice now the practices that made it over here from those people who got their prescriptions right and i'm being very general here for those of you who are like not yoga scholars you don't need all the names and all that but Mm -hmm. people like patabi joyce or indra devi their prescriptions they took and made it sort of like a like a buffet that everyone can eat from their prescription and their prescription because of who they were happened to be very physical and what's happened is that those things have been bastardize in such a way that now in america and in the west we have like gimmick yoga that mm-hmm. has nothing to do with yoga philosophy meditation concentration uh be, be surrendering to a higher plane creating a oneness in your actions breath and body and all these other things that are actually like so important to yoga yes. with a capital So just throwing that in to to clarify and to give some context to what Lena is so eloquently saying. Yes. And it's just, and I, I think people are very much confused um, about, about that. Like you aren't practicing yoga. You're actually just practicing movement. Um, And that's what, so that's, what's been so frustrating for me because it's like, you can't really call yourselves a yoga business because the things that you're doing and the things that are happening within this organization are not very yoga like. And that's where I'm just like, here's where I'm like putting my foot down. It's just like, no, we can't, we, we no longer can't allow these things to happen and to like taint the yoga world like it has Mm, so far mm. yeah so okay so you you come to Atlanta and I'm getting all like tingly and like my hair my arm hairs are standing up so you come to Atlanta and you you freaking for lack of a better phrase blow the lid off of this thing in the sense that of course to to yogis of color and to black teachers and to you know brown teachers obviously we've been experiencing it mm-hmm. but like you're like oh whoa this is kind of like this is a whole a whole systemic problem yeah um and you know again another one of the reasons i wanted to have you on and to talk about this kind of specific thing is to show the listeners that when we're talking about systemic bias, when we're talking about microaggressions, we're talking about racism, it shows up in so many different ways. It shows up when people think it's not even involved and there is no community that is safe from it. There is no community that is, you know, like rooted it out completely, you know, unless you maybe live like in a monastery or something. <laughs> exactly. You know, I mean, like there may be a few places, you know, so I don't want to speak in broad generalizations, but there are there are very few and there's very few communities that are immune to or safe from it unless they're completely like homogenous. 
Mm-hmm. You I- know, but like if you live in Iceland and there's only white Icelandic people, then I'm pretty sure you don't have an issue. Right. Because there is no other to have an issue with. Absolutely. Um, so, okay. So you, you come, you blow, and like, okay. So now how I discovered you and I was so happy I did was as you were doing this work, you started to now use your platform to share the stories of other teachers who have had these experiences or because now that the uh, George Floyd, the murder of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and so many others have come back to the forefront um, and the Black Lives Matter um organization and movement has gotten so much momentum there has been in in the yoga industry a lot of like oh we support black lives and we do this and there's that's been a lot of like lip service and and bs and i don't mean a bachelor's of science um (laughs) and so you have again kind of risen to a place in the community where you are kind of calling people to the carpet absolutely what's really good so now that that's been happening what's that been like how has that been received um it has been received very positively in the other community now some you know there are there are some special snowflakes I'll call them special snowflakes um that are just like I can't believe you're saying this I can't believe that this person this is you know and of course there will always be that group of people but the catalyst that kind of drove this um, this platform for me um, was when a very prominent master trainer um, in the core power community. Now, mind you, this master trainer is like up there, up there with the, you know, the CYO, CEO, like they are kind of up there in the company. And so everyone looks up to these people. And so this master trainer who who lives in Minnesota, Minneapolis, Minnesota, where we know George Floyd was killed, made a very insensitive post. Um, he posted a bed of flowers, a plant-like kind of outside. And in the caption, the caption read, I can breathe. And so I was just like, I didn't really know how to to take that. I mean, I, I was like, you know, this has to be the most tone deaf post that I have read, you know, with with, with everything that's going on. And now, mind you, this man, George Floyd, had just passed away a couple of days before that. And they made this, this person made this post. And I was just like, why? Out of all the times you could have made a post about that, like, I don't know if you were trying to support the movement, but that just wasn't the way to go. And so I made a post about that initially. And um, that post kind of just went viral in the yoga community. And everyone just was just like, oh my goodness. So I called for core power to actually respond because like this man is like so high up in the community and everyone like you know, just drools over this guy when he comes in the room and just, you know, they look up to him. They just, you know, he's mentor people. And just like, how, how can, you know, someone who's so high up in this community say something so offensive? And I'm just like, you know, what are you, what are you all going to do? Like, how are you responding to this? And, you know, it took them a minute to, to, to get it together because I think they were just like shocked and actually had an opportunity to, um, and flailing their arms around. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> I had a, and they, they didn't know what to do, honestly. And so like SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> yes, and it was just like shock. People were calling for them to respond. The, they were calling for the CEO, the the chief yoga officer, and uh, some people from Human Resources to respond. And so I actually ended up having a call with these these four women. Um, 
on 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 like that it happened on a weekend and I had to call them like that Tuesday and of course they were just very apologetic you know very sorry and you know the master trainer was actually um terminated and they were trying to figure out you know how to move forward from here as it as every other business right um mm-hmm. um and so I was trying to, you know, give them some thoughts and some ideas and plant different seeds. And I was just like, I have been screaming for years since I've been with Core Power about having diversity and inclusion training, about the lack of in- inclusivity for Black and Brown people, how there needs the to be. The lack of yoga philosophy. Yes, yes, yes. All those things. Aerobics. It it should be just, it should just be core power movement or just core power. Like, yo, take the yoga out of it because that that it's not yoga. And I've I've been complaining to them and just making my voice heard. Like, you all need this to happen because, like, I would have like, I would have students, you know, black and brown students come tell me, you know, like they felt offended in class, especially like um, my Hindu students would come and tell me like, you know, there's this woman who told a story and, you know, she didn't tell it right about, uh, mythology. And I'm like, Oh God, like, I'm so sorry that, you know, you, you came out of class feeling offended. And like, I would tell this to HR and they would be like, you know, we're going to do better. We're going to do better. And I had an opportunity to meet with an HR rep and, you know, like she was like, you know, we have a plan that we're going to roll out about this, you know, inclusivity and, um, and when I talked to them on the phone that day and I was like, what happened to all those things you promised? Like, because now, you know, we're bringing this to the forefront and you have to respond. And they were like, you know, Lena, we're sorry, but, you know, we know that it needed to happen. But instead, we prioritize the yoga. And I'm like, you did what? There's no way you prioritize the yoga. If you prioritize the yoga, we this wouldn't be here. <laughs> we, w- we wouldn't <laughs> be here. We wouldn't be here today if you were truly prioritizing the, the work of yoga. Um, no, you're prioritizing the bank account. Yes, they were prioritizing the butts on mats. <laughs> the, the revenue and teacher training and 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 just right. jarring out all these teachers. Is that's what they were focused on? They weren't worried about diversity and inclusion and culture appropriation. They weren't and worried I about that. Just, I want to kind of like tag in and say like this, like we're. The goal of this show isn't to beat up on Core Power. Like, they do a great job at what they do for your body. Mm -hmm. What we're talking about is how systemic racism (laughs) and implicit bias are at work even in yoga communities, which are supposed to be self-aware, and the fact that in a lot of these yoga communities, the yoga part is missing. So for anyone that was like, wait a minute, what happened? We're still talking about the same thing. We're just you know, highlighting a specific case study, mm-hmm. you know, for all of you academics out there. Mm-hmm. Um, because when we have evidence to support things that we're talking about, guess what? That is credibility. So we're not we're not here to be like, oh yeah, like this is what I heard. Like, no, this is a firsthand account from Lena's experience that happened. Yes. And you know what? It's not just core power. It is not. No, it is not. It is not. (laughs) I've, I've, I'm actually in a battle right now with a yoga studio here locally in Atlanta. So it's not just core power. This is, I have been with core power for quite some time. And then this, these, these have been my experiences, um, just being within this community, but after kind of stepping out of, of core power world, stepping out of, 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 of that whole situation, stepping into just the world. It is not just core power. There are 
plenty of yoga studios and not just yoga studios it's like the boutique fitness in general who are just Uh you know giving a bunch of lip service or it's very much performative it's not anything Uh that's coming from a place of of their heart or like they're a place of understanding they're just trying to put something out there to kind of save themselves and then that's it there's no additional work being done behind these posts or these things that they're doing they're just doing these things to say I'm going to step in as a white savior and do these things and look really great. And then that's it. And then walk away. And yeah. And I think what's important that people hear is that this is something that you're so passionate about that is driving you so much on a day to day basis that you have now dedicated all of your time Mm -hmm. to this, to pursuing this, to helping the greater community in this way. And you have not been afraid to get so honed in on it. Um, And that's something that anyone that's listening, that if you're like, yo, I, I'm just an inventor or like, I'm just trying to write this book or I'm just trying to get this raise. Like the most important thing, I mean, there's so many important things that Lena has said that we should hear. Yet, if you're confused about how this applies to you, the way that it applies is that moment when you realize what really makes you tick and something gets you energized to the point where you're like, I cannot stand for this anymore. I need to take XYZ action to achieve my goal. That is what Lena is an example of. And she picked something that isn't glamorous, (laughs) that isn't sexy, but that is so incredibly important to the healing of this country, of these communities, of human beings, that there there is so much there that I hope that y'all are like getting about what she's talking about. Yes, it, thank you so much. And it's just like, this work is not easy work. It is very hard. It is, it's, it's very draining. And it's, but it's something that needs, I feel like needs to be done. Because again, the moments like what I've been highlighting will just get swept under the rug. And then we'll just continue this very vicious cycle that we live in of, you know, microaggressions and the racism and implicit bias it, all those things will just continue to happen if we don't shed any type of light on it and so I'm just uh-huh. like I'm just like no like this this has to stop and it's and and, I, and I'm not like calling on companies to like get it right the first time or to be perfect right at this because it's that's not it this is this is a marathon like this has yes, to be done ma'am. very slowly and it's going to take sometimes and people are gonna mess up oh my goodness yes and that's okay because at least if you're messed up it means you're trying thank you and it's like take your mess up like acknowledge that you've messed up and that you want to do better just own it and that's all I'm calling for is accountability because there are a lot of places that are just like this didn't happen and I'm not gonna hold myself or my crew accountable for it well, I'm going to mm-hmm. make you hold yourself and your crew accountable for it because it's it's wrong. And so like mm-hmm. I I would never ask for anyone to be perfect because I am far from perfect, you know. I'm I'm still trying to learn and get it together too. But also like there are people like me and others around 
who are very well versed in these things and who can help you get better and learn from your mistakes and continue to grow. Because just like yoga um, is a practice, this work is a practice too. So you have to be able to practice it all the time. Like, what are and you doing? And it's an unlearning. It's an unlearning. So, I mean, I think that what's important also to, to kind of bring it back to yoga is the same way that when you practice the postures or when you first try to meditate or when you're first learning about mantra or the 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 sutras the principles yeah yeah you know confusing and it brings up a lot of stuff and you're kind of like you know if I had a dollar for everybody that I knew that broke up got divorced or had a baby when they were doing yoga training like I'd be so wealthy um (laughs) because when when you're in that training and you're starting to really roll up your sleeves all this stuff comes up because you're you're unlearning a lot of things and you're discovering a lot of things about yourself. So in that same vein, you know, for anyone listening, first of all, for people of color that are listening that have been, you know, kind of experiencing this their entire lives, you know, even we are tired, even we have our own sometimes internalized biases against ourselves or our community or, you know, imposter syndrome, these things show up in a lot of different ways. And so we also have to unlearn those things, right? And for our allies or those people who want to be allies, you know, it's not about you. Like, it's not about, like, the fact that you have a Black friend or that, like, you've read this book or you've listened to this podcast. It's about your role in the bigger community Mm -hmm. and how you show up to hold your community accountable and the people that look like you and the people that you can influence who are not trying to listen to us. Exactly. That's exactly right. And I I think it's important to say like, we cannot like namaste or light and love stuff like this away. Like it, it, it just won't happen. It can't happen. And um, we just have to do better as a community. Cause I mean, even Gandhi, like Gandhi was a yogi. This guy, did hunger strikes this guy fought the British like you know there there were many things that Gandhi did in many ways that he sought to find peace and justice that were not like pretending that it was already there just a thought um so I could talk to you about this stuff forever um (laughs) so like now now what right you you are sort of in the trenches right now you've been doing this work but now you're like Arjuna and Bhagavad Gita like but you're no you're more like you're more like Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita like I'm also not a Gita scholar so anyone listening that is like please forgive me if I at all misspeak yet (laughs) you know from my very limited understanding Krishna was the guy being like yo I know you don't want to fight in this big battle, Arjuna. I know, like, on one half, one side, you got part of your family. On the other side, you got, you know, the other part of your family. But you know these fools is wrong. And you know, Mm -hmm. like, if you don't participate in this, like, everybody's going to die. So, like, you probably should, should, like, you're reluctant about being a warrior. But, like, now you got to put on your armor and go to battle. So I feel like you are that person that is like, hey, guys, like, 
I know y'all don't want to hear this right now, but it's time to go to battle. So, like, we got to go to battle. Yes. Um, and um, <laughs> you'd be really surprised. But I am actually, like, a very much shy just person, like, loves to be, like, behind the scenes. And somehow, magically, I got pushed to the forefront of this. And so I've had to, like, yes, put on all this armor and just go to battle because, this is something that I strongly and firmly believe in, and I'm definitely going to see it all the way through. And I will not stop. I will just not stop at all. So, yes. Amen, sis. Well, I am so glad that I just even got a little bit of time today to talk about, you know, your journey, your experience, how you're living in your passion and purpose, and, you know, all the people that you're inspiring to, to have these conversations, to make changes and the people whose feet you're holding to the fire, like, thank you, because that is not easy work. So if people want to connect with you, if people want to study with you, if they want to have you come and, and teach workshops or if they want to take a virtual workshop with you yeah. or, or learn from you or hire you, how can they find you? Where can they go to 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 reach you? Yes. So I, from, from all this kind of birth, um, my own um, diversity and inclusion consulting business. And so if they need to find me, they can find me at lmconsulting.com and it's spelled out actually. So it's E-L-L-E-E-M consulting.com. Or they can find me on Instagram at me underscore Lena Marie. And then we can chat it up or talk it up there. Okay. And y'all trust me, like, even though your feed might have gone back to normal, nothing is normal of how we're nothing, at. Nothing Black is normal. Black lives still matter. The pandemic is still happening, depending on when you're listening to this. <laughs> um, you know, and if this is some type of a time capsule that you're listening to far in the future, I hope that some major changes have since happened. Um, yet, if not, let this podcast be a reminder that the the war continues and the battle still requires your presence. So Lena, I always leave with one last question. If anyone listening is so fired up, so just like, Oh my God. Yes. Like the passion that this woman has, like I want to like have that for whatever it is, even if it's just like horticulture, like whatever it is, like I want, I want to be in a place where I am like so zeroed in and like, focused and passionate about what I'm doing that I feel like I'm winning life just like Lena what would one last piece of advice be that you give them um I would say never give up don't give up and keep fighting because there are plenty of days where I just feel very defeated and I want to give up but then I remember the goal the end goal here and I'm just like I can't give up so don't give up and keep fighting you know stay strong Mm. And that applies to everything, y'all. Really, like, your personal growth journey, your spiritual growth journey, your physical health, your relationships, your your dreams and aspirations. Just, like, don't give up. Lena, thank you again. You have been magnificent. Um, And until next time, y'all, remember, don't give up. Get out there and win life. Thank you so much.